Donald Jeffries. Donald Jeffries. Author of Hidden History and Survival of the Richest. Host of the Donald Jeffries Show. Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray Valentine. Host of the Infinite Fringe Podcast. Researcher, truth seeker from the Bronx, New York. Tony Arterburn. Tony Arterburn. Radio host, combat veteran, precious metals analyst, and alt historian. Together, they take on the headlines of the week, decode the disinformation, and plow through the mainstream propaganda. Unauthorized, unscripted, and unintimidated. Unintimidated. This is America Unplugged. All right, what is going on? How is everybody doing? America Unplugged, and it is now September 10th. Uh, 2022, which means tomorrow is September 11th, uh, the 21st anniversary of I'm not getting my math wrong here. And it's very possible that I am. So somebody correct me if I am wrong. Um, I was in the city that day when it went down and it forever changed my life. It is the most important event besides the birth of my children, right, uh, in, in my lifetime. When I saw those towers collapse, I had a personal relationship with them. I thought they were mine. I really did. It sounds ridiculous. It's, it sounds crazy, but I, I always had a connection with those two buildings. I went to school across the street from them. I got my first job across the street from them. And eventually I was working inside those towers. And uh, ever since I was a kid, and I've said, I've said this over and over again, but ever since I was a kid and, uh, and I would come close to them, it was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, coming coming up on the Staten Island Ferry into Lower Manhattan and seeing those towers was always a, 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 a pleasure for me. It was a treat to stand there. And I would run outside. I would tell my mom, I'm like, hey, let me go outside so I could see them. She's like, all right, cool. Go outside. And then then there were like two two gigantic things of of. Uh, you know, you, you can even chop chop them up to being myth, myth, mythological. At, you know, I mean, they're not. But you know what I mean? Like, it's that type of feeling that I would get when I saw them. And and when they came down, I was in the city and I, I, I didn't I, I didn't even begin to understand what was going on in front of my eyes at that time. Um, and uh, every year at 9-11, we try to get something done here on America Unplugged or, or on the Infinite Fringe and we stream it over <clears throat> Side by side, I have a panel of, of my most uh, favorite people here. Um, Voltron is here, which is the name for, for Tony, Don, Guard, and Kenzie. That's that's what the people have, have called us. So we are Voltron, <laughs> America Unplugged slash Voltron. And, of course, a very special guest, a, a, a man that I have a lot of respect for and and has, has been the pillar, in my personal opinion, of... of, uh, of 9-11 truth at this point is, is Mr. Richard Gage. It's an honor and a privilege to have you as usual. Let me go around the panel real quick and we'll get to our guest. The wisest of all the wolves, ladies and gentlemen, is here with us today. Mr. Tony Arterburn, what's up? Oh, great to be here. Such a magnificent panel. And uh, your life was affected uh, by 9-11. So was mine. I was part of the first army company on the ground in Kandahar, Afghanistan, following in the attacks and uh i've talked a lot about that over the years but uh, i'm sure we'll get back into it today but always a day that i remember and uh i'm not trying to change anyone's mind today but i will right. say that both oj simpson and george w bush spent, spent the remainder of their careers on the golf course looking for the real killer that should uh give you food for thought wow. 
Mr. Don Jeffries, the legendary. How are you, sir? What is going on? Fine. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm privileged to be uh, with such distinguished company. And then we're going to talk about uh, what is, I think, probably the biggest of all the big lies that uh, we're forced to deal with. And I think, you know, when you don't when you don't answer these things and there's nobody outside of platforms like this, there's nobody out there that is countering the myth. Tomorrow there'll be all the typical memorials and people will say the platitudes about the brave firefighters and all that stuff. But uh, no one will, there will be no doubts at all reflected in anybody that has a public platform. So we have to do what we can here to try to let the people know the real story. Absolutely. First time guest here on America Unplugged, but very well known to the audience here. Very well known to the people over at David Knight and and friend of the show and part of Voltron now, Mr. Gardner Goldsmith, ladies and gentlemen, pleasure to have you. How are you? I'm doing great, Billy Ray. Thanks so much. As I mentioned to you off the air, you made a great, a good day great. And I really appreciate the invite. Uh, I think your math is correct. But then again, we have to remember math is a colonialist, suppressive <laughs> misogynistic <laughs> construct so right, you know. right. You're absolutely right i can't i can't argue with you and i really wanted to get kenzie on today because unlike the rest of us kenzie wasn't alive when no, i was in kindergarten you were yeah i was in kindergarten <laughs> well, she was in kindergarten not like us you know we're, we're, we were i thought you were a lot younger than you are apparently but still um, that's a compliment, Kenzie. You look fantastic is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, but fourth grade, I mean, a, a kindergarten still, that's a different perspective from the rest of us. So I really want to know what you were thinking that day and, uh, and what you think of the event moving forward. Uh, tell the people what's up real quick, Kenzie. I mean, good to be here. Uh, you, you messaged me yesterday and I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to make it. And I almost didn't. I was, I was handling business for Tony doing the hostile takeover. Um, <laughs> But no, when that day happened, it was really interesting just because I've always been a little bit different from the kids around me. And it very quickly turned into we're going to do coloring books and Play-Doh all day. And I just remember standing there holding my teacher's hand, watching the news and all of the adults around me, like kids don't focus on that. But I, I was like, this is bad. And then the moment that we saw towers going down, um, I was like, oh. Our life has changed forever. And right. apparently my mom went into labor early with my uh, youngest sister. So, yeah, they they gave her a bunch of drugs. So Lexi wasn't born until the next day because my mom's just screaming in the hospital. Eventually I get there and she's just screaming that she's not going to have a baby on this day. Who knows how bad that messed us all up? <laughs> wow. All right. We'll, we'll get we'll get into it a little more. And of course, uh, uh, Mr. Richard Gage needs no introduction. Um Mr. Gage, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, and then we're, we're, we're going to go around uh, in, in the panel and talk about everything. You know, I want to talk about what people were doing on that day, but I want to know what you have going on today and tomorrow, if you have anything, uh, uh, and the state of 9-11 truth, of course. And uh, I also want to talk about the current atmosphere of, uh, the, of uh, the alternative media and quote-unquote conspiracies and how they're being used to discredit uh, real research into September 11th. So I, I want to talk about all of that throughout the course of the show. Mr. Gage, stage is yours. What's up? Well, we've got a lot of things happening today, in fact, with the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. All of the board members, or most of them, will be presenting. Mm. And we have 
uh, a a, pres a a set of presentations that uh, are will be live streamed uh, and focused on uh, the efforts that they have been making, the successes they've been having in the legal system. For instance, submitting uh, the 60 exhibits of World Trade Center evidence that I've been involved for 17 years now, putting together. Uh, that has been submitted to a, the U.S. attorney in Manhattan. They'll be talking about if or, and whether and when the grand jury might actually see this material. Uh, so there's legal maneuverings going on that may very well end up in the Supreme Court. Uh, so very exciting updates. That's uh, today begins at 1 p.m. Pacific. It's called the, the LC 911 2022 Symposium. And that's on their website, lc4for911.org. So very exciting events there. Now, Gail and I have been working so hard uh, uh, this year. I mean, it's been a year since September when I was effectively uh, launched out of my nest at AE911 Truth. And... Uh, for the last year, we've put together 75 podcasts with experts in and around the 9-11 truth movement. Um, we have been interviewing uh, five, uh, five interviews a day. It's, it's, it's never been so busy ever in my history uh, over at AE 9-11 Truth. So something's happening, and I think it has something to do with my inner urge, if you will, to share the truth about 9-11 in the COVID community, because I've been invited uh, to the, the uh, Advanced Medicine Conference by Dr. Rashid Batar, for instance, uh, a couple of months ago, and then to the Red Pill Expo uh, by G. Edward Griffin, where he wanted to hear about these 11 parallels between 9-11 and COVID that Kevin Ryan so uh, effectively developed. And it's a truth bomb, and I'm presenting that truth bomb here in the 9-11 truth movement with these parallels, uh, uh, which, by the way, um, uh, I just wanted to mention, um, uh, and I'll be talking about these, uh, well, I've been for, for a couple of weeks, of foreknowledge, insider trading, foreknowledge, predictive programming in both 9-11 and COVID, foreknowledge, drills, setting up the event of the day, the abuse of science, creating a climate of fear, a solution that's far worse than the problem, false accounts by officials, extreme control of the narrative, no real investigation, an elusive, powerful enemy, we'll talk about all these, control of information and, and the shifting narrative by top agencies and NGOs, media censorship and, and attacks on critical questioning, and of course the implementation of draconian policies like the scraping up of our emails, texts, and phone conversations unconstitutionally, and on the COVID side, contact tracing and uh, other examples of uh, extreme uh, measures, uh, lockdowns, turning our society into a totalitarian state as if it wasn't already. I'm not naive to the pre-9-11 false flag operations that have manipulated us to go to war. So those are the kinds of things um, I'll be discussing uh, and more because uh, on Sunday, September 11th, tomorrow, 
we have uh, a our own 9-11 Truth Film Festival that is starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, and it'll be live streamed also on our website, richardgage911.org. And so we'll be honoring the work of David Ray Griffin, and Gail will be on hand, my assistant and faithful uh, ever partner who just does everything behind the background. Uh, she'll be there with me hosting this event where we honor David because he has told the 9-11 Truth Movement, uh, many, many of us, uh, that he has only a few months to live. And so while he's still with us, we're going to honor him and his work by bringing uh, tomorrow Elizabeth Woodworth, his right-hand person, who along with him developed the tw 20 or so consensus points with as many experts uh, who have reached consensus on the various aspects of what is the best evidence in the 9-11 truth movement. And so we'll be going through those points tomorrow, and she'll be with us live. James Corbett will also be with us live to premiere his uh, film, the world premiere, uh, False Flags, The Secret History of Al-Qaeda. So that's part three, the final installation of his uh, epitome on Osama bin Laden. So we're going to learn some some truth uh, about Osama that most of us in the 9-11 truth movement don't even know about. So all that's happening tomorrow and more. We'll be showing the film 9-11 Questions. Uh, we'll be uh, interviewing Mick Harrison, so he'll give us an update on the legal victories and challenges that Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry uh, is ha having. And I happen to be on the board of the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry now, so we are effectively partnering to make a film, and this event tomorrow is a fundraiser for that film because we are producing the most comprehensive body of WTC evidence ever assembled in one place. So it'll be uh, uh, come out as a series, and we'll be looking right into the camera, talking about the, the evidence to the jurors and presenting in a courtroom-type setting. And uh, this will be submitted as a supplement to that original grand jury petition to be given to the jurors. Um, so, uh, and, and, and we've sued them, the U.S. attorney in court, to make sure that uh, he does, in fact, get this into a special grand jury. It's our constitutional right when we present evidence and we have a lot of evidence of federal crimes like this to uh, petition the government, First Amendment right. Um, it, it, they haven't decimated that one yet, uh, though through the Patriot Act, the Military Commissions Act, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, any of us can be arrested uh, without a right to a lawyer, a trial, a jury. We can be uh, tortured even and assassinated, American citizens, just for simply have been being accused of by the administration with no judicial uh, oversight whatsoever of uh, being associated with terrorism. Well, today, all of us uh, who don't agree with the government are labeled domestic terrorists. Uh, and it is uh, a real problem. And it is the next big challenge, I think, for facing those of us who want to speak truth 
to power. 100%. I'm going to go around the panel and get thoughts on everything that Mr. Gage just said. But um, uh, David uh, Ray Griffin, I wasn't aware that that um, he isn't well and is, uh, is, is going to be leaving us soon. God bless him. Uh, on New Pearl Harbor. I read that book um, shortly after being exposed to uh, 9-11 truth and, and uh, everything around it. That was one of the books I picked up. And, uh, and I hold it ne- dear to my heart for a lot of reasons. Of course, I still have it. It's a paperback. It's all screwed up because I've, I've read it a couple of times. But uh, God bless him. Um, too bad I never got to speak to him. Uh, hopefully he sticks around longer than he's projected to do so. All right, Tony, we're coming to you. What do you think? I want to thank Richard Gage for being here. I mean, the credibility and the work that he lends to uh, this movement. And, of course, anybody. I mean, you, John, people have been in the 9-11 truth movement for many, many years. I wouldn't say I'm late to the game. I've been here for some years. But, uh, you know, you go back to, I mean, 2004. That's when Loose Change came out and all the work that's been done since then. And, you know, you mentioned Pearl, a new Pearl Harbor. And of course, that comes from the PNAC document, uh, September 2000, a catastrophic and catalyzing event such as a new Pearl Harbor uh, to get their rogue state rollback foreign policy uh, going. But the key to understanding 9-11, in my opinion, uh, you, you know, people like Jim Mars say it's building seven and perhaps it is. But I think it goes back further. I think the key to understanding 9-11 is Pearl Harbor itself, mm. knowing that history. Uh, the amazing amount of journalism that's been done and the book that came out in 1981 called Infamy, I believe. I've I've interviewed James Perloff on this, the great yes. James Perloff, a couple of times. He's done an uh, amazing amount of work on the Pearl Harbor research. And, you know, you just go back and if you can see that that's happened before, that they had to let it happen on purpose and the sophistication uh, of the Central Intelligence Agency and the military industrial complex leading to documents like Operation Northwoods that was unearthed because of people like Don that were pushing the government to uh, release more and more documents related to the JFK assassination. And that came out post uh, Oliver Stone's JFK in the 1990s. They released, I think they did it by accident. They released the Operation Northwoods yes. documents. It shows you, yeah, and it shows you that the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff all the way up and as high as the in the Kennedy administration were looking at false flags using terrorism killing civilians, blowing up aircraft, using that as a catalyst for a military operation, the invasion of Cuba. So the, the, the way to look at this is that they're capable. The military industrial complex is capable. The Central Intelligence Agency, all these rogues, rogue, whatever you want to call them, and nefarious entities are capable of this type of atrocity. So um, when you get people like Richard Gage that are looking into this and by the numbers, architects and engineers, looking at how this could, how is this possible? And then you say it's not. You look at people like uh, uh, groups like the University of Alaska Fairbanks who looked at Building 7. I mean, it's just a scientific study. This can't happen from an office fire. Buildings don't just collapse into their own footprint. And so, I mean, I, I think uh, this this research is so important because it's it unlocks, in our modern era, you know, one of the biggest lies. You mentioned the Patriot Act. Well, the Patriot Act was designed to target patriots. I don't know if anybody knows that now. I mean, it was written by people like the likes of Joe Biden prior to Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City was not big enough to de- for them to pass the Patriot Act. They needed something else. And I believe this is what David Icke called the trigger. It's a great book, but it is a trigger event that leads to our modern dystopia. What's up, Don? What do you got? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, certainly I echo everything Tony said, but, uh, you know, these false flags go back to at least 1898 with the thinking of the Maine. Remember the Maine? I mean, court historians acknowledge now that, uh, no, the Spanish didn't sink the Maine. And then, of course, we had the sinking of the Louisitania for World War One. Again, historians, they just admit, yeah, OK, it wasn't the Germans. I mean, both of those, of course, precipitated war. And Pearl Harbor was obviously the one we know very well. And uh, Tony referenced um, the book Infamy, which was written by John Toland, who at that time was a, uh, a court historian in good standing. He had won a Pulitzer Prize. He was welcomed at all the all the big conferences. Uh, you know, if, if C-SPAN had been out then, he would have been on C-SPAN. But he made the mistake of, of going into sacred uh, territory there and, and trying to show FDR in a less than flattering light. And uh, he proved conclusively that they had foreknowledge of Pearl Harbor and he was drummed out of the community. So I think, and he ended, he ended his life where the only, only place he had to go to get a, a forum was at, at uh, uh, historical revisionist conferences. That's the only people that would have him. So it's a very sad story, but I think it, it shows what would happen if we had a court historian, like a Michael Beschloss or something. I mean, it would never happen, but if somebody like that did suddenly write a book on 9-11 and unearth material that you know we've been talking about for a long time, uh, the same thing would happen to them. They, would, they wouldn't be invited to the conferences anymore. Maybe we, they'd be on podcasts like this. So it, it shows how big this thing is, but uh, certainly we, we, have to, we just have to keep hammering the point home. But this is for people like Kenzie, you know, the, who, the age of that were, were really little when this happened, or my kids, uh, that's their JFK assassination. This is a seminal yeah. moment for the millennials. And uh, so it's, and the fact, again, we've been lied to it, just like we've been lied to about the JFK assassination and everything else. Uh, at some point you would think it's, I don't know what the polls show, maybe Richard can, can tell us, but I, I, I've seen polls that were as many as 25% of, or maybe more of the public uh, dispute the official 9-11 story. But, you know, the JFK assassination, we had 80, 90% at some points disputing the JFK assassination story. And Almost nothing got on television to reflect that or any of the media. But even as bad as that was, at least once in a while, Mark Lane, my mentor and people like that would get on at least local TV sometimes and talk about it and say the truth. But 9-11, to my knowledge, there has not been one example of a single television documentary that included the so-called truther side, any element of it at all. There's no, they're not allowing any doubts to be broadcast over the airways. And we saw Richard can talk about that, what happened when uh, Spike Lee made the documentary for HBO, where he simply included Richard and some other people from Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth uh, and just you know gave them a little bit of a platform and made public comments that he understood what was going on about steel melting and everything. He caught such a firestorm of criticism in the mainstream oh, media, and he backed down, unfortunately, like a lot of yeah. So And so it's very, and Richard can talk more about that, but all we can do is keep hammering home the trip. But at some point, especially because of what's going on now, you would think people would be more receptive to 9-11 truth in the climate we're in today. Because, I mean, we're under such overriding tyranny. The evidence is becoming more and more obvious every day that the vaccine is killing lots more people than whatever COVID is did. So at some point, you would think that it'll hit home to people. But I don't know. I, uh, I'm not holding my breath for that because uh, the American most Americans have uh, shown they have no tipping point whatsoever for any of this. It's funny because um, I, I remember at one point, uh, loose change was being shown on airplanes, right? That wow. you, you could you could access loose change and watch it. You know, um, what was the <laughs> it was it was tops on on Google 
on Google Films or Google Videos. It was it was the top one, you know. And and uh, Mark Cuban was instrumental in a lot of this stuff too. Yes, and pushing yes. In, in pushing some of these nine eleven um um truth uh, movies. And now this, like, you know, that that was almost, you know, like when when things were fresh, you know, and you would think they'd want to censor it then, but now they're censoring it now with 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 Spike Lee and well, this was Spike Lee who, who backed down. I do want to get your thoughts on that, Mr. Gage. We're gonna come up, we're gonna come back around to that, and I, and I also want to talk about the current climate. And I mentioned this before, but I want to reiterate just just to keep me honest, guys, um, because I feel a lot of this climate. Um, with uh, uh, the people, not necessarily the the truth behind the vaccines, but the people that are pushing that truth, it, it, it the the media is uh, and the powers that be are doing a really good job at discrediting them, and in in turn discrediting what we're doing, you know, and and, and discrediting what people like you are doing, you know, which is legit actual research, and uh, and and you can you know put forth the evidence, but they don't want to see it. You know, and this way they don't even have to see it. They just say, well, you know, you're 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 one of these crackpot conspiracy theories that believes in X, Y and Z that's going on right now. That believes that that vaccine vaccines are killing people that believes in QAnon, so on and so forth. And as a result, everything else just gets thrown out the window uh, because of it. Guard, I want your thoughts. What 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 brought you in? Actually, what are your feelings towards 9-11? I don't know them towards 9-11 truth. So please tell me. Well, and and then, you, uh, you know, uh, comment on what everybody else has said. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Billy Ray. Um, yeah, the uh, what you just mentioned of, and what Richard brought up, and I think, you know, we're all aware of uh, the, the similar patterns, the similar techniques, and uh, oftentimes similar players uh, behind the uh, COVID narratives and suppressions. I think we've, every one of us has to some degree felt some sort of um, media suppression, uh, some sort of censorship. Uh, I know that the Media Research Center uh, for which I do work, uh, the MRC TV was on the Google blacklist that Zach Voorhees mm. exposed. So I know that, you know, sitting in front of my computer on this, this computer working on information, I know that people I never met living in San Francisco and elsewhere literally we're trying to do me harm and do other people harm by interceding between me and other people. And I can imagine, uh, Richard, uh, compliments to you. Uh, and as you were going through that list of all of the different subjects that you are addressing, I just thought to myself, every one of those vectors could be a documentary, could be an entire week <laughs> mm -hmm. of documentaries yeah. on any of the major networks if they would just bother devoting attention and time to those things. They could and expose you, and break the crime of the century. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then as as Tony brought up, you get some, some courageous people or maybe some people who are interested and they don't realize that they have to be courageous about it. They just bring stuff up at, say, University of Alaska at Fairbanks. They check out Building 7. Um, you, you got Spike Lee. I think some of these people get into these things and then later they're swatted down like a dog, like a, a dog who's too enthusiastic and they get hit by the newspaper uh, and then they never appear again. And um, I, I tell you, Billy Ray, uh, my experience on this, uh, you know, I watched live on television. I was listening to a talk radio show in New Hampshire and someone happened to mention that a building had uh, a plane had flown into a building looked like there was an accident. We turned on the television. Boom. We saw the second 
saw the second plane hit. And uh, I was watching with my dad who joined the Navy as he walked out of a movie theater in, in Michigan after Pearl Harbor. And my dad and his brother both could have been killed. They knew people who were killed. My, my uncle was with Pat and he got run over by a tank and shot. And to think about how, as, as you know, this new, this narrative from PNAC, a new Pearl Harbor, the deceitfulness, the pure wickedness of these people, it knows no ends and they will apply it in any direction that they can. And they're doing it. They've done it with COVID. They're doing it with the environmental movement. And uh, in so many ways, um, the massive hypocrites regarding the, uh, um, climate change movement. And um, it's, I, I just think it's a noble effort, at least to tell the truth. And that's where I stand on it. I was exposed to the truth when I saw spare change and that completely changed everything for me. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Thank you for your thoughts, Gart. Um, Kenzie, I'm going to come to you and then we're going to turn it over to Mr. Gage again. Um, tell me about it. What, what are you thinking overall about everything that's happening right now in 9-11 truth as it stands right now? I mean, it really did open up the doors. I didn't know until COVID actually happened that a lot of laws and just a can of worms was opened up that wasn't used until we got to this COVID narrative. And I started putting those pieces together. And it's just amazing to see how long they will plan things out, how long the agenda is there. And that's actually short term compared to some of the other things going on today, I believe. Um it's just crazy to think. And the other crazy thing to think is so many people, is it that they don't want to believe that the maybe our government would let something or even script something like this? Or like, do they know they just don't want to admit it? I'm, I'm not sure what it is, because even whenever I was young, like that day in kindergarten, the whole thing didn't feel right. Um, and maybe it comes from the propaganda brainwashing of you consistently telling me that I'm I'm the best in the world because I'm American and Americans can do anything that we want to do and shoot down anybody at any time sort of deal. Right. You act all big and mighty. And I think that that day and I didn't come to realize it until I was probably a teenager. I just knew that something was off because why would you put hundreds and thousands of people's lives at risk when could have just been the planes that were in the air. That sounds harsh, but a real government leader, if this something like this was truly happening, you you would shoot those planes out of the air. Yes, it sucks that there's family and people on those planes, but it's less than what we experienced because of 9-11. And that's kind of how you know this whole thing was scripted and put together. I might sound harsh, but that's the truth of things. Oh, gotcha. I wanted your perspective. I, I wanted to know how you felt about this. And we'll examine this a little more with you. Um, it's important. Like, I mean, we, Tony and I, um, Tony, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I think, uh, I think it's the truth, right? But for you and I, this was our JFK, right? Yes. Um, and um, Kenzie, Kenzie is significantly younger than us. And, and uh, like Don mentioned, it's still the JFK <laughs> for that generation as well. So I, I just wanted to get that. Um, we'll be back to you, Mr. Gage. Right. Um, talk to me about, you know, the the Spike Lee situation and everything that happened there. But uh, but I also want you to talk to me about um, the the current climate of conspiracy theories and how it negatively affects 
uh, real research into 9-11 truth. In my opinion, QAnon is nonsense. All of this stuff is nonsense. And, and a lot of people have been brought in to quote unquote conspiracy culture because of these uh, uh, of, uh, I don't know, movements, let's say. I, I don't know what, what do you want to whatever you want to call them. They've been brought in. So so they're exposed to to truths, but they come from a place of deceit. You know, they come from a place of that that's not positive. It's negative. Um, so uh, what is that doing for 9-11 truth moving forward? You know, how do we separate ourselves from this? You know, I, I, how do we become independent of that and make it, you know, make make 9-11 research into legit 9-11 research that's not. And people like you that, 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 that you know, you're an architect and an engineer, you know, and everybody that you got to sign that petition, you know, and, and everything that, that helps legitimize the movement. You know, firefighters for 9-11 Truth and uh, uh, pilots for 9-11 Truth. That, that helps legitimize the movement. But like Don mentioned earlier, turn on the mainstream media right now. You're not you're not seeing anything on 9-11, period, at this point. It's all about the queen, right? So nothing on 9-11. And then tomorrow, all you're going to hear is a, a official narrative, official narrative, and then more of the queen. That's it. There's nothing else. Go ahead, Mr. Gage. Yeah. You know, the same thing happened, <clears throat> excuse me, when we lost uh, Senator John McCain. They made a hero out of him, right. and he was a villain. And point. it's going on right now on mainstream television uh, also, though we won't need to get into the details of that on this show. Um, they made uh, President Bush, uh, George Bush Jr., <laughs> he, he became a hero, uh, essentially, uh, very, very popular, uh, only because we were attacked by what we were told was uh, a foreign, elusive, powerful enemy uh, that we had to root out. And they could be anywhere in, in our neighborhood and attack us with biochemical weapons next time. The, 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 the threat meter went up. So there's a climate of fear created. So yes, this is a vast, if you want to look for a conspiracy, look for the conspiracy where the, the government, the industry, the banking cabal, the insurance industry, and our 535 elected representatives, along with the media, will not talk about and proactively suppress any of the truths about 9-11. And like you say, they bring up these straw man arguments mm -hmm. uh, like QAnon, uh, for instance, and, and use it against the entire truth movement. They accuse uh, the vaccine hesitant of being conspiracy theorists when they're the ones, uh, the, the, the people, the frontline doctors who are putting forth the real science and that's what's been effective, I think, in waking uh, people up is the real science, because people can see that they're being gaslighted on the media uh, at an incredible rate. But the real science, as you guys have mentioned, uh, Tony in particular, if we can show them Building 7, we don't have to talk about QAnon. Um, if we can show them it's free fall acceleration straight down uniformly symmetrically into its own footprint in under seven seconds. We don't have to talk about directed energy weapons or 
weapons uh, like nuclear weapons bringing down the towers in these false conspiracies. So what we need to do is stick to the science. And well, I was doing that for 16 years at Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. That's how we developed 3,500 Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. But it kind of plateaued and there was yet a bigger, much bigger, false flag operation and conspiracy in the last two years that without mentioning it, we're like we were in an ivory tower. So I felt deeply inside of myself the need to draw these parallels after publicly after seeing Kevin Ryan so uh, uh, beautifully uh, putting it together. It 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 it. It, it, it shows that these two major manipulative worldwide events uh, are planned and executed according to a plan with a prescriptive set of required elements that I mentioned earlier. And so uh, I, we can't, we, we silence ourselves by only talking about Building 7, only talking about the Twin Towers, we have to bring ourselves into context of the real world, which you guys have all done, uh, relative to the diabolical vaccine, uh, the manipulative uh, social distancing, the controlled demolition of our economy through lockdowns. Uh, and uh, that has to be mentioned because that's what's most relevant to people today. But when you show them the parallels and you bring up 9-11, it is a domino. And then they go, oh, wait, wait, something really is going on here that's bigger than my frame of reference can handle. So they either shrink away in fear or they light up. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I did in 2006, hearing David Ray Griffin on the radio talking about the explosive testimony of these 118 firefighters all on record. Transcripts finally released through the New York Court State of Appeals and the New York Times, of all people, tr tr put those transcripts up on their website. And now through the excellent work of Graham McQueen, we know that these 118 first responders are all talking about explosions at the World Trade Center towers before they came down. And they're very descriptive. Boom, boom, boom. Like a, like a, like a controlled demolition. Uh, many of them flashes of light. And then the building coming down. This is among the most powerful pieces of evidence at the World Trade Center, including, of course, the extreme heat, molten iron, uh, molten iron microspheres documented by the USGS and all the World Trade Center dust. Where do they come from? They don't know, but they document billions of them. And the, what that's the ignited form and can only be the ignited form of thermite, an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. But they also find a, an eight, a team of eight international scientists led by Niels Harrett in Copenhagen, these curious red-gray chips. Well, these chips uh, have been analyzed exhaustively, and they find in them nanothermite, which is a, which, which was the, the Los Alamos lab and Lawrence Livermore lab published very carefully uh, before 9-11. And so here it is in these dual layered red-gray chips, obviously fluid applied, 
And they document this in a 24-page peer-reviewed paper in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal in 2009. And this is extremely clear, irrefutable, overwhelming forensic evidence for active thermitic materials in the World Trade Center dust. Now, that's what I think people can get. But if they get it in isolation without reference to the, the disease uh, that has been created along with its diabolical solution that's been mandated in, in many, many cases on us, uh, then I think we're out of context. And when we compete with theories uh, like Q, uh, we have um, we we we, uh, we we don't get the traction that we need, so that's why I'm bringing it about. Not not denouncing Q because there's the, Q talked about 9/11 truth also, so he's woken he or they have woken up a lot of people, as you mentioned. Uh, so I don't think we have to fight that battle. Half of my supporters, I'd say all of the supporters in the 9/11 truth movement, are. Uh, do believe and do show their own sets of evidence for the white hats uh, uh, emerging. And I'm not going to take on that battle. I don't think you need to either, Billy. I think we need to keep talking about what is true, uh, what, what will wake people up, not denouncing somebody else's conspiracy theory. I don't spend a lot of time on Judy Wood uh, or um, James Perloff, who puts forth a, a nuclear weapons theory. Um, I talk about what we have irrefutable, overwhelming forensic evidence of. All right. No, I, 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 I have a, a different perspective on that, Mr. Gage. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't feel that, uh, you know, for one, I'll denounce QAnon right now. Done. Um, and and uh, I, I don't think it does us a, 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 a good service. It, it's, it's a disservice to the 9-11 truth movement to be associated by with QAnon. When QAnon, um, in my opinion, and then we'll get off this, or if you, if, I'll give you the last word if you wish. But when, when, uh, when QAnon goes ahead and, and mentions 9-11 truth, it's an automatic trigger to the mainstream. That's bullshit. 9-11 truth is bullshit because it came out of QAnon. It's an automatic trigger. I think it's a very sophisticated weapon being used against, against actual research. That's I hear that me. argument, but we also disenfranchise half of our supporters when this we is do true. that. This is it's true. A, it's a tough call. I, I got it you. Is. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I, I've been forthcoming in saying that I do not have the solution on how to get everybody together on this. If, <laughs> so it is it's what it like is. Herding cats. <laughs> Guard, it's like herding cats. I want your thoughts on, uh, on what Mr. Gage just said. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree 100. percent The the uh, and the QAnon thing, it's that's a real tough call. Um, but uh, the the diabolical nature of uh, what has been done to um, ostracize people who are talking about very very clear, obvious scientific truths, uh, observable patterns in these types of things uh, whether it be the thermite residue um uh, although hey who knows uh, from what i hear from cnn it's possible that uh, air fuel could contain thermite who knows um just ridiculous uh types of of broad swipes that people would make um against this type of solid information and in my opinion i think that People will be attracted to the to the truth 
as long as courageous people continue to put it out there. And um, the, the thing that gives me a lot of encouragement is that you got a person who was five years old, Kenzie, when, uh, when the attacks happened, and um, they look into stuff, they see this information, and the information can't be stopped. They try to suppress it, but people like Richard continue to do the work. Don gets his books out. Tony, Billy, you know, you guys are doing your shows. And I think that eventually honest people will compare what they've been hearing from the pop media, whether it's about the Cowabunga 19 absurdities um, or uh, maybe they read one of my articles and they'll see, oh, yeah, that's right. The government was subsidizing um, inflated numbers for COVID-19. Uh, the government was using uh, faulty tests. Uh, Deborah Burks is admitting these sorts of things. Um, and people who, with whom I might not agree on, on everything, uh, RFK Jr. and I, maybe we don't agree on social programs or something like that. And yet, boom, we find kindred spirits and admirable quality people who are trying to address the truth about certain subjects. And we can respect those people. And I think that the, the most that we can do is, is try to walk with some courage and some self-respect Right. And just continually try to look towards the truth. And um, I also, Billy, I, I like your approach as well. And, and you guys show this all the time on the show. And Tony, you guys do it. Don, Kenzie, you are open to conversation and you'll pause for a minute. You'll let someone say something. And and you're very cordial to people, which I really appreciate because I've, I've been in so many situations in, in my work where it's just broad brush attack um from people you do not know and i'm sure that you've all experienced this but we can't get discouraged because the truth itself is its own satisfaction and then when you meet other people like you guys it just makes me feel wonderful it's, it's a terrific <laughs> feeling it is helpful beautiful words uh, guard uh, i resonate with all of that i'm going to go to yeah. kenzie then i'm going to go to the two usual suspects and then we're going to go back to mr gage and get up out of here okay kenzie give me your thoughts I, I don't know what to say here. I, I do agree that I'm, I'm not, we all know how I feel about Q. Right. It's good that there are people maybe coming to their own conclusions and we've all gone through waves, right? We need to grow out of certain things. Um, I'll, I'll be happy to say right now, I did a whole lot of my own stuff and thought things were weird. I eventually found Alex Jones and Infowars. I don't listen to that anymore. I grew out of that. People hate me for that. They hate me for the I like, fact I like that, that I won't. I grew out of that. I grew I out of that. that. It took um, me forever and... to grow out of that. Thank you very much. Go ahead. <laughs> and that's and yet, uh, Alex Jones interviewed me five times. Yeah. So he's doing 90% of what he needs to be doing, I right. think. No, understood, man. I, I became familiar with you, I think, through Alex Jones, just like I became mm -hmm. familiar with Don yeah. through Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Kenzie, finish up. Yeah, so it's just, you know, we go down different paths and eventually we all get to where we're trying to be. So I think that especially around something as big as 9-11, it doesn't matter where you heard it from. Now you've heard it. You've done some of your own research and you go, you know what? There's something to this that we all need to figure out because nothing is stopping the government from doing something 10 times as big or, you know, something on a much larger scale one day. 
So I think that it's just good to be aware of these sorts of things. It's not like there's something we could necessarily do to stop it, but at least we could maybe see what's happening in front of us when it mm -hmm. comes our way, like we all did with COVID. Um, so that's all I have to say. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your perspective. Tone, what's up, buddy? Hey, Billy, I think we ought to throw it to Mr. Gage. Mm -hmm. uh, he's run. He's got about five minutes left. I thought. We all right. Thank you for letting me know. We, we can let fine. the show go a little longer if that's you want cool. to go to the chat. Now, Mr. Gage, thank you for joining us as usual. Um, tell me what you have to tell me. Big, you know, uh, um, wrap it up with a bow. We, you know, I mean, I'll say it all the time. I'm, I'm forever grateful for what you've done for 9-11 Truth. You, you are the guy, regardless of, of uh, people agreeing or disagreeing. One thing we can't, we can't disagree on is that you, you've been the guy leading this as soon after so many people have fallen off to the side, you're still pressing on, and I don't want it to turn into a JFK. I don't want everybody to say, hey, yeah, you know, the government killed JFK, and what are we going to do about it? Absolutely nothing. And uh, and you're, you're pushing to try to get something done, so thank you. Closing thoughts, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, and I don't have, I don't know how long we continue, need to continue pushing. I, I don't have that crystal ball. I, mm -hmm. I just have this uh, incredible uh, force inside of me that won't stop. I mean, I considered retiring after uh, the incident at AE 9-11 Truth a year ago. And, and I, you know, the, I love architecture. I, I really would, I, and I was offered a retirement, uh, actually. So I, but I couldn't speak and, and have that retirement uh, go forward. So I'm, I'm, uh, I launched with Gail, uh, my, uh, new endeavor and I've never been on more fire. I've never worked harder this hard uh, since the beginning of uh, forming AE 9-11 truth. Right. We're starting from scratch. I had 85,000 on my email list over there. Uh, and I, and I came over here with about 500 and now it's grown to 9,000. So we're we're definitely growing. We're doing more interviews and more pot well podcasts in the last year, seventy five of them, uh, and, and uh, thirty interviews, forty maybe in a year. So uh, this is an, an, it, it's it's launching. I, I've I've had more speaking engagements in the last six months than I had in the in the last uh, four, three, four, five years. So uh, something's happening. I think people are waking up. I'm reaching more people, uh, uh, probably 10 million when you add up all the radio interviews and speaking engagements. So I'm doing something that I think I need to be doing that I couldn't do over at AE911 Truth. And I think they're doing continuing to do what they need to do and that they do well. So uh, it's a double-barreled shotgun. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was bitter, but it is turning into quite uh, a blessing. And uh, we're tomorrow we're flying to Fort Lauderdale because uh, Patrick Bet David of Valuetainment wants us in the studio to give us two hours to present all this information. The Stu That's Peters awesome. show yesterday was going to reach uh, up to a million people. What, Kenzie? That's awesome. Oh, isn't it? I'm, I'm a big fan of that channel, so I'll, I'll definitely be watching it. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so we're, we're, we're just deeply honored, but it's not going to be uh, any of uh, the six of us 
uh, talking to people, even on our own podcasts. Uh, it's going to be the people we talk to that need to do something. That's what's going to cause the change. So we have to encourage our viewers today, right now, to take the links to this podcast, to Don Jeffrey's uh, channel, to uh, my website, richardgage911.org, where all the web the, the evidence is, including the documentary, 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. And sending the link out today to the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry website so that that symposium, which begins at 1 p.m. today for four hours, uh, that's at LCFOR4911.org. And then tomorrow, Sunday, September 11th, the 9-11 Truth Film Festival, which will be happening at 10 a.m. Pacific. Gail and I will be hosting it. That's going to be nine hours of incredible films and speakers that I mentioned earlier at uh, richardgage911.org, streamed right there. So if people take those links and they send them to even two of their friends or their whole list, we could have we could wake up people in an instant, not an instant, you know, it won't be a JFK at 50 years uh, more or whatever. And it, it could be a year or so though. If everybody just acts on their conscience instead of their fear, we'll move mountains. Fantastic, Mr. Gage. Thank you for joining us, sir. Uh, Thank you, Billy we appreciate you. you. We appreciate everybody. everything you do every year. Thank you. Uh, Thank Go you ahead. guys so much. Thank you. We'll catch we'll up. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Take care. Those, Mr. Richard Gage. Listen, um, uh, Tone has stuff to do, but I'm down to stay on for a little while longer and 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 flesh this out. Do you can you stay on, Kenzie, or no? Tony, can I stay on? If I have to go, I'll just I'll just <laughs> out. I'll, I'll get out of the stream and come back if I have customers. Let's just roll it. Go to the chat. All right. I we had. Yeah, I want I want to talk to the chat. I want to you you know Don when when we when we did the scheduling for the show, um, I told Don I was like, damn man, I I just yeah. booked Kenzie and Guard, <laughs> you know, and uh, and 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 he goes, well, I'm maybe sorry we about that. Do yeah. that. No, 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 no. Um, don't worry about that. Uh, he goes, maybe we can finally do that two hour show that we've been yeah. talking about. Don says, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we'll give you a little more. I don't know if we'll hit two hours, but, um, but, uh, but it'd be nice, you know, to, we'll, we'll do a little bit more. Um, Chris Graves, I sent you, I sent you, uh, invitation if you want to hop on with us and, and Adam, if you're watching and you want to hop on, hop on, uh, right now and, and, and we can continue to have the conversation. So, I mean, Mr. Gage, I, I think I owe him. I owe him a debt, you know, because of what he's done. Whether you agree with him or not, like it's he, he, he can he continues to push, and he he just alluded to he doesn't know how long he can do it. Somebody has to continue to do it, otherwise it's going to die. It's going to become something that you see on the History Channel. That's it, right. you know. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I am certainly not the guy. All right, let's get somebody out there that can do this, you know. And and I mean, I'll continue to push. For as long as it takes, but I mean, uh, to have the impact of 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 a Richard Gage is is very different, you know. Uh, Tony, Tony just took off, but but I do think that um that it is important, and I want you guys' thoughts on this, and, and feel free to disagree with me. I'm coming to you, guard. I'm coming to you first. I feel that it's important to be able to 
to disagree, right? And 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 voice that, you know, even in spite, just in support of the truth, and in spite of of necessarily keeping an audience, right? Or or keeping people happy, right? So if if half of the 9-11 truth movement subscribes to the white hats, I am not going to to try to uh, cushion uh, that population in order to get my point across. If they don't like it, they don't like it and and they don't have to listen anymore, you know, and 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 maybe that's not the most effective way of getting people to come together, right? It may, you know, I'll do it in the nicest way possible, but I'm not going to go ahead and say, well, some people subscribe to the white hats and that could be a thing. You know, I, I think it does us a, does us a disservice. If you disagree, guard, feel free. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, uh, in my experience, uh, I've never shied away from open forums where, uh, right. you know, people will come together uh, as long as, they, you know, disagree without being disagreeable, uh, presenting information, especially uh, in forums where by presenting that information, you're getting it all in one sampling, uh, sort of a smorgasbord, and hopefully right. it's not distracting. And I think that... Um, you know, you look at what Richard has been doing for so long and you look at previous encounters with evil that um, innocent people and and their loved ones, their survivors have experienced. And as time goes along, they, you know, they they move like waters in the ocean. They recede on the low tide and they're gone and something else comes in. And, you know, it's a noble endeavor to uh, continue to try to do this. I don't want to sound too sentimental no, no. Uh, because there are real hard facts and there are real criminal elements here right. and they're generational. Uh, they're, they're, they're centuries old in some cases, some of these, some of these ideas and some of these, these forces. Um, but uh, I think by opening up so many of these avenues of exploration with solid evidence, where people can say, oh, yeah, you know, I heard this. I heard that. I'll explore this. I got this name. I got, you know, I got this study. Um, all of those things. Yeah. It, it, curious people can say, well, that one didn't hold. That one did hold. That one was. Um, and I think also our our nemeses, um, when they try to present uh, people or figures that can be dirtying the waters if they are going up against a group of people like us like those people who might be watching who have those open minds um they can say you know what these people are hard to they're hard to undercut because they'll eventually they'll find they'll separate the wheat from the chaff and that's that's really i think the best you can do and there's so much solid information about 9-11 and about the covid right. uh narrative that uh, you can already see people are starting to wake up to what what has been done to us with the COVID narrative, as as many of us have been talking about for two years, as you know, we were suppressed. Um, videos were shot down at YouTube. Um, you know, as I mentioned uh, on a previous show, they've got a team of lawyers at MRC TV uh, trying to make sure that they can stay on YouTube just because, wow. you know, I might be mentioning something about the the unworkability of the jabs. Uh, or the the fact that uh, you know it's not constitutional to do any of that research in the first place. So um, I think all of it sort of fits together, and it, it's just it's up to us to try to explore these things. I think part of the final thing I'll say. I think part of what happens is when people get 
uh, appropriately emotional about figures like Dick Cheney. Uh, and, you know, and then, yeah, the narratives about where they were or where they were not uh, all clearly, again, as as Tony brought up, all clearly very well spelled out in David Icke's book, The Trigger. He did an excellent, excellent job on that. Um, and again, you know, there's a person where I know some people from England. I'll post something from David Icke and they'll say, David Icke. Oh, man, the lizard people guy. Yeah. Don't you know about him? Like, yeah, I know about him. I've been to England 20 times. I know David Icke. Jeez, yeah. I could live in England right now, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like I don't agree with them on that. Why don't you look at the solidity of this information? Right, because right. you can't deny it. Right. And um, so it's it's a difficult thing to try to work through. Um, but I think the more often we get to expose ourselves, and especially if we can be open with people and say, hey, we're trying to be open with people. Right. I think that's the most you can do. I, I think that I agree with you 100 percent. And one of the books that I read that put me on the path and I'm coming to you, Don, because um, um, you, you, you have a, a incredible insight being one of the leaders in, in JFK research still. You know, and I, and, and I, I want to get your opinion on all of this. So give me a second. But but um, w- one of the books that I read was, uh, damn, let me see if I remember the name. It's uh, Alice in Wonderland and the World Trade Center Disasters oh, by David yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's another one that I still, I remember reading it with my, my newborn in, in, in 2005, mm-hmm. laying in bed with my newborn, reading this book and being scared out of my mind. But, but highlighting, this was all new to me. I didn't know what was going on. You know, and and that's the book. I still have it it's, uh, taped up, of course, uh, just like some of my other books. But but uh, I, I, you know, David, you know, and I, I had the pleasure of interviewing David on, on several occasions, you know, and, and I worked for Iconic for a bit, you know, and, and, and it was uh, it was a it was an experience nonetheless. And, and I differ with David on a lot of things now, you know, as as my journey has evolved, I, I differ with him on quite a bit. But I still respect his research on 9-11. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I haven't read The Trigger yet, um, but I should. I should pick that up. Kenzie, what's up? Yeah. Oh, I totally believe in lizard people. (laughs) Well, okay. Not not to be totally insensitive here, but but somebody sent me uh, a a meme or something. I forget what the hell they're called. And it it just said, um, um, well, well, now we know that lizards aren't immortal because the queen passed away. You know, uh, I'm not being like too sarcastic either. Yeah. I think some people take it too far being like, watch this video and they're reptilianized. It's like, right. no, no, this comes back to Illuminati bloodlines going all the way back to the times of Christ and the Nephilim and things like that. So this is right. where if you're talking about reptilian blood, I don't mean that they're going to like shed their skin and here's a giant lizard. Mm-hmm. But blood is so important to this family and how far back it goes. There's there's some importance to that. So Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, 100 on that. Uh, Don, and then we'll go to Mr. Arterburn, who has rejoined us. Don, do you believe in lizard people? Um, but uh, on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, yeah. uh, let me know. Like, I mean, do you think 9-11 is going to go the way of JFK? It, it looks like that's the way it's going. And do you believe yeah. what I'm trying to tell you about JFK? You know, maybe you feel differently. Maybe you feel like we can still get some results out of this. I, I don't know. I I'm I'm not very optimistic about it. I think we need to continue to spread the yeah. information. But uh, anyway, give me your thoughts. Well, we need to. But we need to again. The, it's the same thing that I've written so much about it by the JFK assassination research community, the infighting there uh, that you get. And these are the people that are open to things. And you you alluded to it somewhat with the Q people or whatever. But 
we have to face the fact that probably when we're looking around for people that we can wake up or maybe that are already awake to some degree, I would say the overwhelming majority of them loved Trump and maybe still love Trump. Yeah. That's the people that are away. If you're trying to go for the other side, there's not much there. I mean, there's just not. And so uh, I think you have to try to, uh, you have to kind of harvest the fields where you can. And you, you look at, the, there's, uh, we, we have a lot in common. If My point is all the, even the Q people, because I mean, a lot of the stuff Q says, we, I mean, yeah, they're always wrong in the predictions and it's almost certainly a CIA psyop, but a lot of what they're saying is, uh, you know, that there's, uh, you know, you take out the white hats, that something is wrong, obviously, and there's, there's, you know, there's the, the deep state or whatever you call it, running things. That's, that's a good start to try to talk to people. Yeah, they, it's, it's hard sometimes to get them past. I believe me, I've talked to plenty of them that I don't know why they still have faith in Donald Trump. I mean, the two, I had two J6 prisoners yesterday, and uh, at least one of them is still, you know, I think kind of sympathetic to Trump. I mean, I think be prosecuted for it. So he is a powerful hold on. So I think we need to, so many of these people, uh, they argue over uh, film alteration and things like that. Same thing, 9-11, you have people arguing whether, uh, whether, Don, you okay? I I think it would go the way of JFK. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you sounded strange for a minute. Yeah. Sorry. No, I think that unless we change things and, and really, to be honest with you, I don't think nine 11, I don't think they have as big a structure in terms of a research community as the JFK assassination did. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I don't think so. You have Richard Gage, who's now no longer with architects and engineers for nine 11 truth, but I don't know what kind of, uh, groups you have and they're always arguing with each other much as the jfk groups do but the jfk at least has a couple conferences which i i did one zoom presentation for them they are not usually invited because they don't like me but uh you know these are and they're usually worth at least they're you know they're kind of peaceably and i i tried to get them to come up with a statement a co a, a, a statement that we can all agree on that you know jfk was killed by a conspiracy lee harvey oswald was framed or something very simple and they, they couldn't do it and so say it would be the 9-11. I would try to come up with a consensus statement that uh, the official narrative of 9-11 was impossible. Whatever happened, it wasn't 19 crazy Arab hijackers, uh, something like that. But I don't I, I get the same sense. You'd have people arguing. And that's yeah. the problem is that people need to come around the, the central core. OK, there. And that's why I start everything. When people say who killed JFK, who did 9-11, whatever. I'm telling you, they're lying to you. What they said, whatever happened, what they're saying is impossible. Their own evidence proves that. So I start from that point because I don't think we have capacity to to reveal exactly what happened on those things. We can just tell you, okay, they're lying to you. Obviously, you know, we realize something much bigger must have happened and we can figure out who must have been involved, at least to some degree. But I, I, I try to build bridges with as many people as I can because I think that uh, – you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be interested in talking to anybody that thinks Oswald did it. I'm not going to be interested in, in talking to somebody that thinks that uh, the official story around 11 is true, but they're not going to be interested in talking to me either. So, but if anybody else, you know, if there is just no planes theory, whatever, holograms, all that, I'll consider it because at least they're saying the official story is right. I think we need to build around that central theme. I think, I, I think you make a lot of really good points and I, I'm going to get to our two new guests in just a second. Um, I think you're making a lot of really good points, but 
I can only speak for myself. I want to get I want to get to a point where I want to talk to people who who believe the official version. And and, and I want to know what they're feeling and I want to know what they're thinking and I want to know what they know, especially if if they're if they're passionate about the subject. I want to know what it is they know that makes them believe what they believe. I also want to know about the other side, the extreme side. And I've, I've gotten to know quite a bit of that throughout my history here in the alternative media, you know? So I, I've, I've uh, talked to people who believe that there were no planes and they can't give me anything. They can't, you know, like I, uh, uh, I'll, I'll mention uh, uh, Mr. Fetzer, James Fetzer, God bless him. I'm, I'm, I love yes. James, oh, yeah. he's a really good dude. We were on live on TFR, you know, and I asked him, I was like, what, what, what is, where's the evidence for it? And he produced nothing and he got upset at me. You know, and that was it, you know, so I'm like, I mean, and yeah. he's one of the leaders in this thing, you know what I mean? But, but I want to know. So, yeah. I mean, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, Don. And, and maybe there are not a lot of people that want to engage in conversation with a 9-11 truther, right? If they're on the mainstream, I think you're absolutely right. You know, but well, I, 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 want I, to, I, I, well, I think that's the problem. The problem yeah. I think is, no, I think the problem is that you're, you're, I would be willing to talk to those people, and I have tried to talk, yeah, to, especially the JFK right. people. Right, uh, right, right. They're, you know, well, no, well, they're, they're, there's no conversation because they they don't have any evidence. There's, I mean, <laughs> the evidence that that, that uh, you know that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill JFK is overwhelming. Right. So all they can do is regret, and they know that that I know or that we know that it's a lie. So all they can do is call names. That's what they're saying. Thing nine eleven, I imagine, would be the same I can't thing. Argue. Right. They know this that we know. The, right. Yeah, so there's. They're just going to call names. That's it. You're not going to have an intellectual discussion with any of those people. Well, I would like to. Not that I'm an intellectual by any stretch, but I would like to have these type of conversations. <laughs> All right. Chris Graves, what is going on? Everybody knows Chris Graves, friend of the show. Let me introduce you to Gar. Do you know Gar? Uh, I, I've uh, heard him on the, I called him before. and uh, you don't. All right. But you don't know him. That is Mr. No, Gar no. Goldsmith. This is Kenzie and, and, and Adam Fitzgerald, and we're going to get to Adam in just a sec. Uh, Chris, what's up, man? Tell us something. What's going on? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, Billy Ray, uh, for stepping in with the QAnon thing. That really upset me because <laughs> uh, putting that in with the 9-11 truth, uh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. No, this day, uh, you know, changed my life just like it changed, you know, many, many people's lives. And we haven't even come 75% close to what actually happened that day. Mm -hmm. And the American people, like the public, the attention span, like we even see things like January 6th, people are already forgetting, you know, and. It, we need it needs to come back i mean it was infiltrated by you know the hologram crowds and all the you know this or that or whatever but to really know where we're going is you know i'm gonna watch this but you gotta know your your real past you know to yeah. uh, to have a better future um and we don't know, you know, what, like you said, Mr. Fetzer, you know, he can't produce any evidence for his claims and things right. like that. You just have to ask the questions. You know, I mean, there's there's lots and lots of questions. There's websites that are buried even, like on the Wayback mm -hmm. Machine from back then that 
are filled with questions that the 9-11 commission didn't even attempt to uh, entertain, you know, and there wouldn't have been an investigation if, if it were not for the, the Jersey, uh, the Jersey uh, wives and the families. Mm, and everything. I remember they allocated what $3 million for that investigation. And Monica Lewinsky, that was what, 50 million, 50 to 100 million dollars over, you know, that debacle. It's ridiculous. And all those people that died and fell out of the, fell out of those buildings. Um, I don't know. They deserve, they deserve a hell of a lot better. You know, and all the people like Tony serving in the wars that were God bless tone, right? That were, that were (laughs) all the wars and the BS that came from this this one event yeah and it keeps going and no it just seems like you know what's going to happen next i i i appreciate you having me on but this was one of the first besides you know ufos or kurt cobain or anything like that this was the the, like jfk was don's (laughs) baby 9-11 i have been studying pretty much weekly since it happened if anyone wants to really get to some good research with 9-11 check out dave mcgowan's whole thing on 9-11 because he was the first in my opinion the first 9-11 truther on 9-12 he pretty much had the whole official narrative taken apart and bill cooper also he was following the trends that that summer before and pretty much predicted uh, 9-11. And he was actually scheduled to be arrested on September 11, 2001, in which he would have been killed, just like mm-hmm. he was less than two months later. But he was on, He just happened to start broadcasting on his radio show that day, and I think that's what saved his life for a little bit longer. Pale, pale horse rider. Go check oh, it. Behold, oh. it. Not, 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 not behold a pale horse. That's that's uh, Cooper's book, Pale Horse Rider. Yeah, um, I, I think Tony, Tony, did you put me onto that? Yes, Mark that's Jackson. about him. Yeah, incredible, incredible book. Go check it, and it details the life of of uh, of Bill Cooper. It'll give you some insight on what happened on uh, what November 9th, I think it was when he was uh, he was murdered on his property, and me and right. Tony give you some insight. We've been to his grave and, you know, Tony, you know, I've been up the driveway and uh, I think actually Tony was all the way up, you know, broadcasting from there. So I saw, yeah, I had to kind of bond with Tony yeah. over that, you know, anyway, let me get, let me get Adam in here. Let me get Adam in here real quick. Uh, um, Adam Fitzgerald is, is a 9-11 researcher and he, he goes in, it's a little bit of a different perspective than most 9-11 truthers. Um, and uh, I, this is the first time I'm talking to Adam in this capacity. We were on a Union of the Unwanted together, a 9-11 episode of Union of the Unwanted. And I reached out to Adam soon after, but it didn't happen. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't link up. And then Adam heard me on Richard Gage's podcast and reached out to me to talk about some of the things that we were talking about on that podcast. And I went on his channel and I started looking and I'm like, okay, this is really interesting in particular. Uh, some of the discussions that we had about the 9-11 hijackers, and I want you to give your perspective. Um, thank you, first of all, for being here. Thank you for being so gracious early on and and uh, and doing what you did. Uh, we appreciate you for that. And uh, thank you for coming back, brother. It's America Unplugged. It's your maiden voyage. Welcome. What's up? How are you? Thank you very much for having me, Billy. Um, you know, uh, 
if you were to ask me in five or ten minutes to explain what the effects of September 11, 2001 are, I'd look at you with uh, crazy eyes. I couldn't basically do it. So what I basically intend to study on is certain areas of, say, foreign and domestic intelligence pre-9-11 and foreign policy involving the United States, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. Because um, they all have a, a part or a link in regards to the September 11 attacks and what came afterwards. Because September 11, 2001 is basically a pretext for what we're seeing today currently in places like the Middle East, here in the United States, and even in places like Eastern Europe. Um, the laws that were set in place uh, after 9-11 were written many years prior to 9-11. I heard, uh, I think, Don Jeffries earlier today in the broadcast talk about the Patriot Act. Um, they will have you believe that the Patriot Act was written overnight for some reason. But no, that was written many years prior, waiting for an event to happen, precipitating. And there were supposed to be uh, precipitating attacks that were to facilitate a lot of these uh, foreign policy guidelines that were fulfilled after 9-11. Uh, one such incident was the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Another incident which failed was the Bajinka plot. Uh, another incident that failed, uh, that was successful but didn't precipitate any response was the East Africa bombings uh, in uh, Kenya and, uh, and uh, Tanzania. Right. Um, 9-11 was considered the pretext for everything that came previously in regards to, say, Oded Yanam plan, which is an Israeli uh, foreign policy guideline in fracturing the Arab, uh, the Arab uh, Islamic Umm as a whole, or the Islamic uh, uh, group, uh, countries itself, Iraq, uh, Iran, uh, uh, Somalia, Libya, Sudan, Oman. Uh, but then came the Paul Wolfowitz doctrine, a neoconservative uh, himself came out of the Paul Leachy school. Um, he wrote that uh, certain countries needed to be circumvented by the military in order to take out dictators like Saddam Hussein in Iraq. And then you have the neoconservative think tank, which is the Project for New American Century, written by Robert Kagan and William Crystal, and basically was the almost a blueprint for... Uh, Policies like Odin Yunnan and Paul Wolfowitz Doctrine basically saw the uh, U.S. military expand into countries such as Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, Libya, Syria, Iran, and to capture uh, these key cities and take over uh, places like the uh, Caspian Sea, which is the largest untapped oil reserves in the world. So it's not just about oil. It's not just about um, uh, the military. It's a lot of different other variant factors that were in play but it needed a precipitating event to take advantage. And what better uh, incident than the September 11, 2001 attacks? Now, I hear all the time, I'm inundated with uh, the fringe aspect of theories such as, oh, you know, the hijackers are still alive, that the planes weren't hijacked, that the, um, uh, you know, the Larry Silverstein is basically, you know, is in on it, even though I think that guy, much very suspicious highly anyway but all these are meant to di to distract you from the actual anomalies that the media that the state department that the intelligence services will never ever admit to and that is that they knew that these guys were inside the country 
far years in advance, many years in advance, were listening through signals and human intelligence regarding these people, and that certain attacks they knew were coming and certain attacks that they allowed to happen so they could take advantage of those attacks. This is what Israel does with Palestine. So they go to an incident such as a rocket fire from places like the Gaza Strip into a, a pizza shop or a person. And in response, what the Israeli military will do is they'll overreact. And they'll basically like shower like certain neighborhoods with white phosphorus, implement curfews and whatnot, legislation about certain areas that need to control. And that's exactly what happened with 9-11, is that you had this incident that was known by the CIA, the NSA, the Saudis and Israelis, all these intelligence operations that basically were not given the time of day congressional increase or on the media regarding it. But what did they do? They basically gave you a narrative, which was incomplete. It's not totally false. It's not totally true. It was incomplete. And basically said, this is what happened. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you have a bunch of people that said, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And then this is what happens. And it's all competing theories. And right. most of it is false. So then you, people like yourself are basically in the middle. And then you're thinking, I got to choose. Either I choose the, the story we were given by the government or do I choose a competing theory, which was basically based on nothing more than speculation. And right. then not realizing that the truth is right there, but you got to look for it. And you got to admit that, hey, both sides aren't right. But there is some truth to some sides. And then right in the middle is the truth. But it's actually, and it's in public view. I mean, there are records out there. It's not many, but there's records out there. You just got to find it. But that's the thing about the government, that they know that you got families, you got jobs. You don't got time to do three hours research. I'm single. I'm not married. I spend six hours a day on this stuff. Drives me up the wall. You know, sometimes I want to quit and say this is, you know, I'm not reaching anybody. Not a big channel. I never wanted to be. But I felt that there was this duty within me to try and right the ship, say, hey, listen, some people in the truth movement got it wrong. And definitely the the narrative that we were given is incomplete. And they're basically the story that we're given to is basically not the total truth. And so what I'm trying to do with myself and my podcast called The Darkened Hours, I try to talk to actual whistleblowers who got in trouble, who were telling that the warning signs were there and that they tried to share information with their superiors and the federal government and they were ignored and they were prosecuted for doing so. And at the same time, I'm trying to share information like documents and files so that you can read and basically say, hey, wait a minute, that's right, we aren't told the truth. And basically all this information can be ascertained to you. Now, like I said, there isn't that much information out there that we can basically say, hey, we can get a big picture, but you know what? We have enough pieces to the puzzle where we can actually gauge, if we put the pieces right together, engage what the picture looks like. Right. We can act on it. I'm coming to Kenzie and I'm coming to guard. And and, and here here's the deal. This is why I wanted to have a mind. This, this is why I wanted, because my one of my biggest um, uh, triggers into all of this one of the things that got the thing that got me into it because i walked into it trying to discredit everything and i i felt like i was up until i bumped into an official bbc article that said 9-11 hijackers alive and well and i still have it right so i mentioned it on 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 richard gage's podcast and this is why adam hit me up 
And Adam says, no, they're all alive. But but I, I wanted to talk to Adam about the reasons why I uh, why I was led to believe. I mean, well, Adam, Adam says that they all died. I'm sorry, not that they're all alive. But that I was led to believe that some of them were alive. It was the mainstream media that put this out, right? And 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 they never issued a real retraction. And if you go to FBI.org, they still say that that some of the identities of the 9/11 hijackers are in question. They still say that. So I wanted to talk to Adam about this, right? And and um and I I love the perspective. I freaking love it. I gotta tell you, um, it, it's just different. From what everybody else is saying, right? And I, I do believe that. See, I don't believe that Larry Silverstein had uh, knowledge that the buildings were gonna come down, but I do believe that that uh, it, there was a link with the pulley, right? Because he he said it with Building Five. He said the, uh, no, he didn't say it. It said it in in that documentary. Um, uh, I think it was Rebuilding America's Defense. I forget the name of the documentary. It was a PBS documentary. You're right. It's PBS. Yeah. Right. And and they said um uh building five and they were like, all right, pull it. You know, this was already after the fact, right? But they were like, pull it and it came down. So when Larry Silverstein said what he said about building seven, it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean pull it, right? It, 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 it lends itself to the controlled demolition of that building. You know, so this is why people believe certain things. And I know that you've done a ton of research. I was very impressed by hearing you on, on Union of the Unwanted. Right. When you reached out to me afterwards, I didn't know who you were still. It put it together after the fact. I'm like, I was on with this guy in Union. I'm like, I, I remember this dude. Um, but uh, but I want I want Kenzie's thoughts and I want guards thoughts. And then I'm going to go around to everybody else. But Kenzie, what, what did you think about what, what Adam had to say? Just personal opinion and wanted to ask. I think I've got it clarified now, but I see the whole event as more of a, a small scale or this was large scale. But the way that we envision small-scale false flags is the same thing. You've got a group of people or you've got somebody that you know that they want to do harm. You don't do anything to stop them. You don't let them get as far as they can go on their own, though, because most people can't get that far. They don't have the funding, the resources, or whatever it might be. And yes, times were very different back then, but I just find it very hard to believe that people hijacked this plane. Like, everything was put in place for this to happen. Um, like these men obviously wanted to do some messed up stuff. They had the thoughts in their head that this is okay to do, to go full-blown kamikaze. I mean, obviously an alphabet agency isn't going to keep themselves in the plane at that point, but they'll let these quote-unquote terrorists come and do it. Um, and I don't know, like, like, there's so many different theories around this. It's taken me this long to even consider the fact that I'm not going to go full-blown hologram. I can't get there. I just can't. But right. the idea of, you know, planes are, that's like throwing an aluminum can at something. I don't care how fast the can is moving. If it hits my house, it's not going through the house. Right. Right. So there is questions as to how, how could they be so precise if there were other things other than just the plane that was set up? Um, and I only say this because we've had planes crash into skyscrapers before. The plane ends up hurt, not the skyscraper. So, oh, they don't come down. The they, right they definitely don't come down. There might be some broken glass, but that's about it. Um, right. Nothing major. So it's it's all just crazy to think. And there's so much. I'm I'm sure Adam could tell you because if any of us tried to know as much as he did. I I'm willing to bet that it's hours and hours and hours right. a day. And most of us don't have that time. He's correct right. about that. 
He's absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back around to you, Adam, and, and, and let you, uh, um, you know, give your points to what was said. Uh, guard, what do you, what do you got? Yeah, Billy, you know, um, I'm reminded of a couple things. Uh, first of all, um, I'm, this is sort of reminiscent of like multi-person martial arts or uh, anybody who plays billiards. You know, my dad was amazing at billiards and he could jump balls. He was amazing. And uh, you play one ball off the other ball. You put English on one, one ball and you set up so that you can knock the next one in. And um, I think what happened on 9-11 from what I have been able to research and what I know, and also a little something from my background, I'll, I'll give you something from this. I went to Boston University and uh, one of my close friends at Boston University uh, was, uh, I was in the College of Communications and he was a journalism major. And the Dean of our school was a man named Joachim Maitre who defected from East Germany. He was an East German tank commander. And somehow, and I never really thought about it until after 9-11, somehow he became Dean uh, just a few years later of the College of Communications at Boston University. Now, that man in our junior year approached one of my friends and, and said, I have connections within the CIA. I can get you into Afghanistan and you can, you'll go into Pakistan, you'll cross the Khyber Pass and you can meet with members of the Northern Alliance. Otherwise at that time, Mujahideen. He has a photograph with the leader of the Northern Alliance who was killed, as you know, just before 9-11. And it wasn't until later that I started to say to myself, <clears throat> how is it that this dean of the communications school at Boston University can say, I've got CIA connections and I can get you into this place to meet with these people. And of course, we all know because they were funneling Stinger missiles to these guys and they were intimately involved, thanks to Zbigniew Brzezinski and others, in helping these guys out. But it's multi-person martial arts. And I think very clearly, um, people were well aware of what was going to happen to those towers. I think people were well aware of what was going to happen in Building 7. And I think that there are major figures within the deep state and others who set up these attacks. I don't know about the planes. I don't know about the evidence about the Pentagon and what hit it, but I do know that those things were not brought down only solely by people who were angry about the United States. Oh, I agree. Right. And, um, and so I, I, and I also will say just this, on as far as getting that evidence out there, what I think is really neat is, and, and again, Billy, you know, big thumbs up to you too um, here because um, it's it's these it's these little things, these little tiny things. If you can continue hitting on something that you know is true, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm a I'm a libertarian anarchist, right? I'm a voluntarist. Now I work for MRC TV, and they have a lot of people who are Trump fans. 
but my editor is very open to me mentioning, you know, this was a mistake by Donald Trump. You don't have to say it viciously, but by by bringing something up, you'll you can you can you can get it. You know, it's it's this sort of balancing point between choosing not to say something, which I don't do. I I choose to say it. But saying it in hopefully in a way that is not seen as, hey, you're an idiot for supporting this person. Right. It's a, it's a, it's such a fine line, and that's what I really appreciate about all you guys um, is is that you're speaking what you're seeing, and you're not attacking somebody else for possibly not seeing that. And by putting the information out, it makes I think it makes it easier for them to to say, oh yeah, you know that guy's got a point. I like that guy. You know. Anyway, oh, compliments to you on that. I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, even though I think I could do a much better job at it lately, um, but but I, I appreciate you, Guard, and and your thoughts there. <laughs> it brought up something. Um, uh, you were talking about you know the prior knowledge, you know, uh, yeah. and there's a lot of evidence for prior knowledge. I think we can all agree on that, right? Uh, oh yeah. All all the evidence of 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 prior knowledge that that's been put forth, but you know the the Willie Brown situation, you know that that was mainstream news that somebody gave him a phone call condoleezza rice that's yeah that's 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 the going here yeah. right that it was her um yeah. but um but it, it was i think it was the san francisco gate news or something i forget what it was and then it spread it spread uh nationwide but um and then there was another one um uh the israeli company oh article there you go this is see Chris. Chris is on the game, man. He's on his game all yeah, the time. I spent, <laughs> I, spent, I spent a minute or two on this thing too. There, yeah. and there's a lot there. You know, and, and so, so <laughs> you know that that was another one. So I mean, clearly, you know, and, and like Adam mentioned earlier, you know, the the um the Patriot Act, you know, it was drawn up a, a lot earlier than you know on that day. That's what we were led to believe that it was like, oh my God, I, as a reaction to all of this that just went down. Here is this document that we just stayed up all night. And Joe Biden does. takes credit for it. Well, he should. He's <laughs> oh well, you know, mm -hmm. he, he he will be uh, uh you know uh, at, at the Queen's funeral also, um, which is uh, something else. We we need to talk about the Queen at some point. But anyway, so but prior knowledge of nine eleven there, um, Tone, you've been in and out of the conversation, but I, I don't know how much of it you've caught. I want you. I want some of your thoughts on what on what Adam had to say. I'm gonna go to Don, and then we're gonna circle back to Adam. Go ahead, buddy. I missed a, a big chunk of what Adam had to say, but I believe I got the gist of it. And mm -hmm. really just looking at a different perspective. And he's t he's really looking at the hard facts of the foreign right, policy right. and some of the, the intel slip ups and, and things that I looked at for, for many, many years. I would say, and by the way, you didn't ask me if I believed in lizard people. Um, Do you believe in lizard people, sir? I was going to, well, you know, you may not believe in lizard people, but they believe in you. Uh, <laughs> That's a shirt. <laughs> That's a shirt, man. You got to have that me. Go but ahead, buddy. I, I think, <laughs> so here's some great questions to ask. If in, You know, I you look at people like uh, Ron Paul, who talked about this, and, and uh, other experts, people that, I think it was the gentleman who was the head of the bin Laden unit at the Central Intelligence Agency. He came out and talked about blowback and, you know, the, the actions that you take as, as a country with your foreign policy, the consequences of that. I mean, you can you can make the case for for 9-11 being a an inside job or a trigger event, both in the real world. Like, OK, you can say, well, look, uh, for instance, 
if 19 Soviet agents in the 1950s hijacked planes or carried out massive attacks on U.S. soil uh, for on behalf of Khrushchev, uh, we would lock down the country. We would not have a. We would not have immigration. We would not have a, a wide open border. But after 9/11, none of those things. As a matter of fact, we increased immigration from countries of Middle Eastern origin after 9/11. We had no border whatsoever. That's that's one of the tells that you can see that yes, I, I believe that there are, there are such things as, as terrorists because I've been shot at by these people. I understand that they're real. Like the the Mujahideen is real. The Taliban is real. Saddam loyalists are real. Al Qaeda, unfortunately, is real because, but it's a construct of the Central Intelligence Agency. Alex Jones used to call it Al Qaeda, mm -hmm. right? Because it means the database, yeah. not the base, right? These these are things that so you can have both things happening at the same time. You can have a group of people that feel like the U.S. is the great Satan. They were recruited, you know, to to take on and 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 uh, conduct uh, catastrophic terror, but. They could also be duped at the same time. There's there's multiple level things going on. So I look at, you know, asking, why don't we have a why didn't we have a border before before after all the intelligence balls were dropped? That's because it was a Lee hop. I believe it was a let it happen on purpose situation to carry out uh, the the policy of of the deep state or what military industrial complex or whatever you want to call it. So and, and again, there's there's also. Uh, the, the reason I'm in alternative media is because there's also massive amounts of evidence for metaphysical things happening. I mean, I'm not just in a person who reads history. I think that there's also a spiritual component to this. I think that there is such a thing as evil. And I do believe that there's ritual. And, you know, here's another thing, too, um, before I talk about that. You know, you can make a lot of arguments for 9-11 being, you know, a, a complete terrorist attack and nothing else. But I ask you. Why is it that that went away? Where did it go? I thought we were supposed to be in this battle of civilizations. I thought this was the the, the war of our lifetime. I thought this was the twilight struggle. It's gone. Where'd it go? We didn't win. What, did it, what does that mean? It means they can turn it on and off like a switch. Right. Right. It doesn't mean that there's no such thing as terrorism. It just means that the ones that, that, that would be any kind of threat, they have the, the levers of control over. I'll put it that way. And, you know, I, I'm somebody who's like William Ramsey's done a great job breaking this yeah, down as a, you know, with the symbology in it. And you can study that all day long. We won't have to, we won't have time to get into that. But there's there's one thing, there's one amount of symbology and symbolism and things that you won't find in 9-11. And that's things from Islam. So I'll leave you. <laughs> wow. No, you, you know, um, when uh, when I when I um, came across William Ramsey's work. Right. And, and I think I can consider William a friend. He's going to be on freeworld.fm at this point. And we don't agree on everything, you know, but um, good Lord, if those are coincidences, I don't know what to tell you. Aleister Crowley and uh, and uh, the 9-11 ritual. I forget the name of the book that he wrote, but that's it's based on Aleister Crowley and um, and what went down on 9-11. A lot of numerology there. Sure, you can't prove it concretely, but it's, it's something to to dive into if you are interested uh, go give uh, William Ramsey's a check. Also, S.K. Bain did something too. Yeah. Um, uh, that um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to. I've had back and forth with S.K. Bain, but I never. I we've never solidified anything to get him on a show. Okay, Don, and then we're gonna give final words to Adam, and then we're getting out of here. Okay, guys, America Unplugged. We we hit our highest viewership live ever. So thank you. We appreciate that. I'm I'm sure that is due 
to Guard and Kenzie and Adam and Chris. Thank you very much. Um, we appreciate all you guys watching, everybody in the chat. Somebody gave us like 12 bucks or something. We appreciate that. That's dope, as usual. Don, give me your thoughts on, on, on what Adam just said, and we're going to give the Adam, well, not, not what he just said. It's been a while now, but <laughs> give me your thoughts, and then we'll give Adam closing thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I find it hard to believe that there's anything about the official story that's that's believable. I don't think it's it's even a fraction of it is true, and I think that's why people have been studying it so much. But I, you know, it's it's built. The official story is built around this terrorism stuff, as Tony talked about, and I've always been dubious of anything linked to terrorism. Terrorism, you know, the CIA and our, our American intelligence, the Mossad. They've been involved in so-called terrorist incidents from the very beginning, and they do turn it on and off when they want. What happened to it? I mean, wouldn't you think after 9-11 or they managed to pull something like this off, would, why didn't they come back for more? I think they would have tried something else. Instead, they disappeared. I mean, any, any real terrorists out there, I'd like to point you to our ancient power grids, which can be knocked over with a light breeze. Uh, you know, you, you can really do some damage. If it, and of course, because they don't, I'm telling you, they don't. I don't know how many real terrorists exist outside of government control. But again, this is this is a convenient, much as in the JFK assassination, so much of the research was directed down a false path of Cuba. And I try to point out to my, uh, you know, JFK assassination researchers, if uh, <clears throat> if JFK was killed because uh, they wanted to overthrow Castro, what happened after he was killed? Did they attempt to overthrow Castro? No, Cuba died as a campaign issue. So if he was killed for that, they couldn't have felt they were successful. The same for this, this, what happened afterwards is you look at what happens as a result of it. The Patriot Act was instituted. Homeland Security was born. Free speech zone. The beginning of the crackdown, I call it the birth of America 2.0. And that's the mad, it's maybe America 3.0 by now because the madness has just increased so much. But I don't believe that there's, and I think you have to look at uh, the idea of what these hijackers were. I mean, we know just studying them that none of them had the capacity to fly these planes the way they did. They, you have all, and that's the I call them calling cards, where they you know they have all the and I have all this in hidden history, hidden history three. Thanks to Chris Graves, who really helped a lot with the research. Uh, I'll have a lot more about that. We'll go deeper into it. Show you just how how deep a, a tale this is. And uh, so I, people can have their theories or whatever, but we need to concentrate. I, I wouldn't give it any credence at all. The first thing, you know, they're lying to us. And it's obvious why they're lying, because this, this open-ended war on terror worked very well for them. They instituted a lot of the tyranny, and they've dropped it in favor of the COVID narrative. So they have even more uh, of tyranny. It's here to stay because the people have embraced it. But, uh, you know, I think all you have to do is look at the uh, – what, were planes really flying around for an hour and a half or so? And the, Ameri the, the greatest, the world's greatest defense system in the history of the world never took any actions to stop them. Uh, one of the planes ended up going, uh, you know, crashing supposedly into the heart of the defense establishment, the Pentagon, with more video cameras than probably any building in the world had even then. And none of them worked. We don't have one, we don't have one image of it. So you can clear, <laughs> right. you can clear up all these conspiracy theories. You know, was it a missile? Was it you know, well, one of those, you know, hundreds of cameras must have, no, no, we can't do that. And we'll go, we're going to go confiscate the footage from the Sitco gas station and the uh, the uh, hotel across the street, too. I mean, that's what conspirators do. And that's why when I write about these things, analyze about them, they always act as if they're conspirators. Maybe they want you to know that conspirators. So I don't accept any benign explanation for everything. This was, as Alex Jones used to say, an inside job. And I think that's the best way to describe it.
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, um, I forgot, I was watching Tone on uh, Jack Allen's show. Shouts to Jack Allen, and and someone said, I don't know if it was Tone, but some someone said it. I think it was Brissom. It was John Brissom. He said, um, you know, maybe we can't call it an inside job anymore because so many people, so many like government entities, was were involved. Did you? Is that correct, Tone? Was it him that said that? Yes, I think it was John that said that. And and what we're referring to is outside entities like, right. you know, uh, the government dancing right. Israelis is one. Yes, that's a, that's a well-documented story about <laughs> yeah. they were there to to document the event or to capture pictures of the event or whatever. That's what they said on Israeli television. They were held in federal custody for 70 days. Matter of fact, Fox News covered that story until they were told not to, I assume, by someone. Mm -hmm. uh, don't talk about that anymore. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump brought it up. He's like, people were dancing. And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah. But they, he was he, he didn't get it right of who was actually dancing. So it, it was an inside job yeah. as far as, the, as the, <laughs> yeah. the controllers of the world go, right? As far as the governments of the world An inside go. job with outside help. Good. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. That's really simple. Okay, Adam, thank you for being patient. Thank you for being so gracious, man. We appreciate the hell out of you. And we love your, well, I love your perspective. Tell the, tell, give me your thoughts on what everybody had to say. We are conspiracy theorists here, right? And um, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I, I subscribe to a lot of what I subscribe to until proven different. And I want to have so many conversations with you so you can prove me different. And, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much what I what I want to evolve into somebody who takes everybody's perspective and applies what is right, you know, what's true and and uses it. Adam, go ahead and, and tell the people, uh, give give them your closing thoughts and then we're getting out of here. Come on. Sure. Um, uh, incidentally enough, I like to talk with uh, Kenzie for a little bit because she brings up, uh, you know, she has a problem with planes and whatnot. You know, I remember I was just like you back in 2006 first film I actually saw was In Plain Sight, which was produced by Dave Von Kleist at the time. And the second film I saw was Loose Change. Then afterwards, I'd like to play devil's advocate and see, all right, what did I learn and is it right? What did I see? What did I read? You know, I'd take down points and I'd like to see if it was true. And then what I found out was is that most people look at the Pentagon and say, hey, you know, that doesn't look like a plane crash at all. And guess what? You would actually be right. We never see a plane basically have no wings and no engines, no tail, and not even whole bodies. There's barely anything there. And when you compare intentional plane crashes with regular plane crashes, you're going to see a, a varying uh, degrees of difference. One is that when we see a plane that's actually trying to land, what the thing the pilot does is actually dump the fuel and land on their belly at the slowest speeds possible. What happens is, yeah, the plane does crash, but you actually see huge pieces of the fuselage, the cabin, the nose, maybe parts of the wing, parts of the plane. That wasn't the case on 9-11. And on 9-11, we saw four cases of an intentional plane crash. Now, what can, we pair, what can we compare that to? How many intentional plane crashes were there? Well, plane crashes are very rare, but intentional plane crashes are extremely rare. But there are incidences. For example... PSA 1771. That plane was actually hijacked by a gunman. He drove the plane 700 miles an hour into the ground. Look at the look at the debris of that plane. Not a not a single tail, not a single wing, not a body. Nothing was ever recovered resembling a large piece of plane. Recent times, German wings 8925, which actually crashed into the Alps. And basically, what happened was the captain of that plane 
he left to take a bathroom break, and the co-captain flew the plane into intentionally into the mountain. What did they find? No whole bodies, no wings, no tail, not even the engines. So that's exactly what happened at New York in Washington and Pennsylvania. But that doesn't mean because you believe that these planes were hijacked and that they crashed where they crashed doesn't automatically mean that you are following the official narrative. Because, yes, parts of the 9-11 Commission report are true. Yes, the attacks happened on September 11, 2001. Yes, planes were hijacked. Yes, they crashed where they crashed. But that doesn't tell you the whole story. That didn't even come close to telling you what actually happened pre, current, and post. So that's why I would depart with Kenzie with. As for Mr. Jeffries, I would say this. There were three uh, points that you like to raise, and I like to address them each. One, you said that there weren't really big attacks after 9-11. There actually were. In 2002, the second deadliest terrorist attack in world history happened in Indonesia. It was called the Bali bombings. This was conducted by members of Jema Islamia, who were actually funded by bin Laden at the time, who actually was linked to his cousin, Jamal uh, Khalifa, Muhammad Khalifa, who was a brother-in-law of bin Laden, who actually has resident businesses in the Philippines and Indonesia that helped fund that attack and build the bombs that were used in uh, Patty's Bar and I think the Sari Club, which is where the two incidents happened. 200 people were killed and 200 were injured. In 2004, you had the Madrid bombing. This was actually linked to members and affiliates of Al-Qaeda. And actually, that went on to kill, I think, like 170 or 180 people. So there were terrorist attacks that did happen afterwards. There were also failed attacks that happened, incidentally. And why wasn't there any big attacks after, like, 9-11? Well, considering that the entire world was actually now at war with uh, members of these terrorist groups, and now everybody has their attention there really isn't much to do. I mean, to get away with, yeah, you could like bomb maybe a, a train tunnel if you're in New York. I mean, that, yeah, you could definitely do it, be a lone wolf. But I mean, really, in terms of an international plot, it would be very hard to do at that time because the entire world was paying attention. Um, you have a problem with the, the official narrative. I always tell people, what is the official narrative? What really is it? Because every time I ask this question to certain people, I get varying degrees. Is it just hijacking of planes? Is it that you disagree how the towers fell? You know, I can't speak on that because I have no authority to speak on it. I'm not an engineer or a firefighter or anything. But if you ask my opinion, it's not based on anything. But my opinion is, yeah, actually, I do think there were bombs in the, the basement levels that came down because in the, there was an MSNBC, MSNBC report by a reporter named Rick Sanchez who actually said live on air that he got word from the police that they found a white van in the B2, B3 levels of the World Trade Center saying that, that they found a van packed with explosives. Yeah, I do, you know, is that a full support? Could be, just like what happened at George Washington Bridge. That was a full support. No bomb ever exploded there. But um, I do think that those towers had to come down and that maybe the weakening of the beams and this, you know, the, uh, the structure itself at the lowest levels helped to precipitate those collapses. Because I agree with David Chandler, and I, I interviewed him once. And um, I barely had any questions. I felt really, like, less than lame. I felt embarrassed to ask him a question. But I agree with this assessment, what he said. He said, just imagine, after the planes impacted the World Trade Center, and if they stood, what would that mean symbolically? Like, symbolically. It means, hey, guess what? We took your best shot, and now it's our turn. 
So that would give like reassurance to the people. But with the towers coming down, the two biggest buildings in the United States, this bravado that the United States, like New Yorkers have, and I'm a New Yorker, right? That's something that we're always labeled with. But when the towers collapsed, it actually said, hey, we could get to you anytime and take down your biggest buildings in the world and get to you anywhere. And you'll always have to have this paranoia and fear. And guess what? That's exactly what happened to the, the, the New York public uh, citizenry itself and uh, to the uh, uh, citizenry of the United States. So I would say that do we know everything about 9-11? Do we, you know, what do we know about these attacks? Well, very little. But also, too, just remember that not everything is a lie, but not everything is the truth. And you're going to have to walk a very fine line. And you're going to have to either believe something that happened or do you want to know something that happened? I mean, we could get in these rooms and talk about what we believe and what we, what we think is true. That's fine. But guess what? I don't care about making videos and being on a podcast. If you're going to go to court, you better you better know something. Because you can't go to court and do what April Gallup did. April Gallup was actually a Pentagon employee and basically said, hey, when I came out the hole, there was no plane debris. And then what she didn't tell you was she didn't walk out the hole. She actually fainted. And how do I know that? Because she gave an oral testimony to the oral history department at the Pentagon and basically said that I didn't walk out the hole. I was actually carried out. So she couldn't see what was going on outside. But guess what? The truth movement hit behind, just jumped on that and said, hey, a plane didn't crash there. But did they ask the 86 people who basically saw a commercial aircraft flying to the Pentagon? Did they go to the Pentagon incident commander, like Captain James Schwartz, who I've interviewed, and basically say, hey, why, what you know, what you see? Basically, yeah, we saw the plane crash into the Pentagon. Does that mean that you're agreeing to the official narrative? Does that mean you have to agree with the state? No. Because guess what? Now you got to talk about who? You got to talk about the intelligence agencies who are basically protecting these people to hijack these planes and commit these acts and then take advantage of these acts. You know what happened? I post all the time about the CIA and the NSA monitoring these people and basically lie to the 9-11 Commission report and join House Secret. Lie. Straight up lie. George Tenet right there lying. Hey, nobody read this cable that two hijackers are coming out of a high-level meeting in Malaysia come to the United States. You know what? The FBI read that cable, tried to draft the report, and guess what? The CIA told them, you're not allowed to share information. And the CIA and the NSA and the Israelis and Saudis knew that they were in this country helping them, giving them housing and funding. And you know what happened? Nothing. Because when they went to the congressional inquiries, they lied about it, and they were given promotions afterwards. And that's how you do a cover-up. And that's what nobody's talking about. And that's what I'm trying to bring to the table. Yeah, if you're going to bicker about hijackings and hijackers of planes, that's exactly where the American government wants you. Because what you're doing is for the past 21 years, you're talking about it here, and you're not doing anything in the courts. Because nobody has brought this issue to the court, except for Creedle and Creedle and Motley Rice. And they were actually given a headache by the federal government. I've interviewed an FBI agent who was actually helping the victim's families. He's from Arizona. His name is Ken Williams. And he basically, the FBI, him, and he's an employee of the FBI, told him, don't help the victim's families. Why? Because they're protecting the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. As for Israel, that's a whole different matter. 
If you want to talk about moving front companies, art student rings, the biggest foreign intelligence ring ever in U.S. history, right there. But if you're talking about art student rings in the World Trade Center who are being taken with pictures and whatnot, well, they aren't art students, and they're not Israelis. The biggest art student ring is nobody's talking about. Well, go read the General Shane memo, who's a retired lawyer out of California who brought this information to say, hey, wait a minute, there were over 300 Israeli agents who are monitoring these people. What do they know? Well, we don't know. We deported all of them. Damn, and now- Adam, let me let me stop you real quick. And, and it's, it's a cliffhanger. We'll come back to it. It's been two hours. We're not, we're not going to do two hours and 15 minutes. We're, two hours is what we're going to give you, Harp. That's it. <laughs> Harp <laughs> says that he was responsible for the two hour uh, uh, show, that he was the first to suggest it, which I understand. Thank you, Harp. Adam, we, I, I got to have you on the fringe, man. You know, we'll, we'll post it here. You'll have the whole hour to say well, whatever it is you want to say, I, I love the passion. I admire it. It's a New York thing. And you know you, you know what hurts the most out of hearing what you have to say is because I can relate to that just on the Cambridge Analytica app. And I'm like, what am I looking at here? Why, why have I been distracted looking at something, spending my time on this when really I should spend my time on something else? And I, I feel like I got work, like I got due, right? I don't know if we agree 100% on everything, but I want to know what it is you're thinking um, in, in, in more detail, man. We, I, I appreciate the perspective a lot. I'll have you on the fringe. You can say what, whatever it is you want to say. All right. We're getting out of here. Give me a second, guys. Give me a second. I just I want to talk to a couple of people in the chat. Everybody that's watching, man, it's, the number keeps going up. We appreciate it. Let's do this every week. We, I, we can't do two hours, but everybody come over to the first hour. Come on. Anyway, uh, John149 says the Liberty Deli was around the corner of the World Trade Center, and they were great for two fried eggs and a coffee. I used to go there all the time. I, if I recall correctly, it was 24 hours, and I used to do overnighters at the Gap at, in the World Trade Center. That's where I used to work, and I used to just go over there and get me a bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll, and they had the best steak fries, man. I used to love that. Also, in the, in the trade uh, um, uh, center, they had like a, um, uh, like a little, it was a mall in the bottom, but then they had like a, a food court um, in, the, in one of the lower levels. And I used to get big ziti from there all the time. So good. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Uh, Harps, we already addressed you two-hour shows. It was your idea. You got one. Let's see if we can get another one. Uh, Any Word says, I don't think planes were hijacked at all. Incredible. Um, and Raybo says, says, I've been, uh, what's up, the real Raybo? What's going on? I've been to the site of Flight 93 in Shanksville. I don't believe any of it. He says, dot, dot, dot. There's so many more comments. We appreciate you. 9-11 anniversary show. Uh, Mr. Gage was here. And Voltron is here. Chris Graves. Adam Fitzgerald. We're going to give everybody a chance to plug all their stuff. I want to give a big rest in peace to the dude, uh, Mr. Kev Baker, who joined us on this roundtable last year. And is no longer with us. God bless you, Kev Baker. The legendary Don Jeffries, ladies and gentlemen. He's got a book coming out really soon that you're going to want to read. What's up, buddy? How are you? Tell the people what's up. Okay. Yeah, my website is donaldjeffries.media. Uh, you can catch me on the same fine network, Rockfit, every Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. I protest. And uh, my books, uh, you said I have six books published. Uh, Hidden History 3, which Chris Graves uh, contributed much to in terms of research. We'll be going a lot more into 9-11, the death of JFK Jr., JFK, 
all kinds of stuff. Uh, hopefully that'll be coming out soon. The publisher has it. I'll, I'll be sure to let everybody know all about that. And my writing's on Substack, which I write regularly. There's uh, donaldjeffries.substack.com. Beautiful, Don. Thank you for your work, everything you do week after week. You know, we appreciate you. You're the pillar here at America Unplugged. The next pillar here, the, the, I, I was going to say uh, the two pillars in Solomon's Temple, but no, you, you, we're, we're, we're not saying that. What's up, Mr. Arterburn? How are you, buddy? I'm, what's I'm going the, on? I'm the jock into uh, Don's Boaz. I <laughs> right, guess. that's what I was uh, going to say. <laughs> Arterburn.news, you can find me right here on America Unplugged, uh, rockfin.com forward slash America Unplugged or AmericaUnplugged.com. Right, right. Thank you, Tone. We appreciate you, buddy. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get up after the show at some point, Kenzie. What is going on? Thank you for waking up for us. We appreciate it, as we always appreciate your perspective. We want to have you here on the channel. Check out Fringe News. She does it on Sundays here on the channel. It is fantastic, and everyone here, um, with the exception of Adam and Adam, we can talk about this. Will be on FreeWorld.fm coming up very soon. Soft launch. It's if, if, if I go to freeworld.fm right now and hit play, I'll hear something. You guys won't, but I will, and that, that means a lot to me. We're moving along. Kenzie, what is going on? Tell the people what's up. All right, so show hopefully tomorrow here on America Unplugged. Right. And if anybody needs to get in touch, it's fringe underscore news on Twitter or at Wise Wolf Gold. Fantastic. And, and Gardner Goldsmith, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. You add so much. Well, it's, it's great to finally have you here. You know, and you're, you're welcome anytime you want to hop on. If, if you're just sitting, uh, you know, at home doing absolutely nothing and, and, and you want to you, you want to tell me how wrong I am about something. Just feel free. Ask, ask Tone for the link and we'll, we'll 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 bring you right in. We appreciate you. And you are a member of Voltron. So tell the people where they can find you. Thanks, man. Yes, yeah, so I'll make sure I'm well oiled so I can link up with everybody very well, <laughs> Billy. And uh, and thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. And uh yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, freeworld.fm too. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm just getting over having been pretty sick. I'm getting my punk rock edge back. So I'm really looking forward to diving into the mosh pit. Fantastic. And uh, this is going to be an anti, uh, there's IHOPs around. This is going to be an anti LIHOP. Right. Uh, world for me, uh, <laughs> fighting those those evil characters. Uh, right now, uh, the stuff that I've got out there uh, is on BitChute, Odyssey, and um, Rumble. And so if people want to find the video content I'm creating on my own, they can go there and just look for Liberty Conspiracy. And the right. Liberty Conspiracy website is existent, but we haven't updated it yet because the guy who uh, takes care of that, he's been kind of sick himself. So people can find libertyconspiracy.com. Best thing to do, I think, would be to go to Gardner Goldsmith Substack. Every Sunday, I put out the news update out there, the Sunday news assembly with like 20 stories for people to cover. And I usually try to put out one article at least extra a week, plus my own videos. And I'm starting to put videos out there at Substack. And then, of course, at MRCTV.org and the MRCTV webs, uh, uh, YouTube and Rumble channels. MRCTV is the Media Research Center, and I do work for them. And uh, they're nice enough to accept this radical guy. And I really appreciate it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate everything you do. John149 makes reference to the chair that, that has made its appearance. He has to, you know, come out and say something. Don's chair is here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Chris Graves, tell the people where they can find you, buddy. Thank you for hopping on last minute, man. We appreciate everything you do. Friend of the show. What's going on? Tell them what's up. 
Well, I just wanted to say that in, in lieu of, uh, pro, you know, telling where you can find me, um, if you go to uh, Paul Thompson's uh, complete 9-11 timeline, mm. you'll find a lot of information there. And just remember, whenever anyone says you're dis- disrespecting anybody's family member or mm. a loved one that passed away in 9-11 by asking questions, it's the polar opposite. Couldn't be farther from the truth. So, mm-hmm. rest uh, in did, did you tell the people where they can find you? Well, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I think it's Seagraves uh, Mass Guy because I had to change it from uh, another colorful word. So. <laughs> There you go. Chris Graves is also on Paratruther a great deal. He usually co-hosts with me on the podcast. So if you follow my podcast, you'll find Chris Graves too. Fantastic. What about get get mad with Chris Graves? What about your weekly show, Chris? Well, I just I figure mad with Chris Graves. Yeah, it's on Ocelli.com. I just interviewed the granddaughter of the real creator of the Dark Knight Batman. Uh, Bill Finger, and her name was Athena Finger. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Go look for that. Go look for that. And and uh, our guest, Adam Fitzgerald, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving your perspective unapologetically. I appreciate that. I admire that, you know, and, and thank you for all the hours you put in grinding, you know, on this. It's a, it, You can tell uh, it's a lot of information that most people just won't know. Um, that you hold in your head right there. Thank you for making the time to come talk to us. And you too, open door whenever you want to come on and, and talk to us. You're more than welcome to do so. Tell the people where they can find you, sir. Well, no, hey, listen, thank you very much for having my uh, animated self for a little bit there. I'm usually more <laughs> than word. Uh, but yeah, I'm the co-host of Dark and Dower uh, with Richard Cox. And um, if you just Google my name, 9-11, it comes right up. I'm on YouTube, Odyssey. Uh, and I have a WordPress where I upload just documents and files. And there's about 5,000 5, entries there. It's in the shame, the similar fashion as Chris Graves uh, was talking about. This is uh, the historycommons.com website. You can find that on the Wayback Machine, by the way, because that site is down. Um, it's probably the best website in the world uh, regarding uh, history, just history in itself. Um, yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Uh, I have like 3,000 videos uploaded on there. And um, yeah, that's it. Fantastic. Thank you for making the time. Mr. Richard Gage was on in the first hour. For anybody who um, tuned in in the second, and you want to go uh, you know, back to, to see what Mr. Richard Gage had to say, uh, go do that. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, the Infinite Fringe, .podbeam.com, The Infinite Fringe on Apple Podcasts, and of course right here on America Unplugged, AmericaUnplugged.com, AmericaUnpluggedRadio.com, Rockfin. Every Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern, with the usual suspects, Mr. Don Jeffries and Tony Arterburn, and with extended family, Kenzie and Guard and Chris, we say goodbye. Thank you. You got two hours. You got a two-hour show, okay? I don't know when we can do another one, but let's see what develops. We appreciate everybody uh, that tuned in today. Uh, Tomorrow, I will be at Ground Zero, as I am every year since 2005. If you're in the tri-state area and you want to come down and hang Come down. You can't miss me. I'm the one screaming. So <laughs> you, you, will, you will be sure to find me, okay? My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Let's get up out of here, guys, all right? You going to play me out? Don't burn the place down while we're gone. Let's go, Tony.